I cannot believe it. We actually just passed 100 days to Dopey at the time of recording this episode, which means we are in the double digits. It's just so crazy to me. I don't I don't know how we got here so fast, but we're here and to be honest, I'm really excited. So I thought we could do a quick check-in, talk about how dopey training is going, what I've learned so far because I feel like I'm learning something new every time I go out for a run or go do a workout, and then we'll talk about what's coming up next. So like I mentioned, we are in the double digits to dopey, both as of when this is being recorded and when you're all hearing it. So January 4th is a Wednesday, and that will be Expo Day. Then we'll have the 5K on Thursday, the 10K on Friday, the half marathon on Saturday, and the full marathon on Sunday. And I feel like in my mind, registering for Dopey, talking about it, even kicking off the training, it felt so far away that I was like, I've got so much time to train. I've got this. I'll be good. And now I'm like, holy shit, it is so close. (laughs) It is already now basically the end of September going into October and we're just a few months away. So by the time this episode is live, we will have kicked off week 15 of 28, which means we're past that half marathon mileage. Yikes. Things are getting real around here and I cannot believe, honestly, how good I felt when I did my 13 mile run. Now, I've only run 13 miles twice ever in my entire life. They were at Princess Weekend 2020 and then Princess Weekend 2022. So going into a training run of 13 miles and not a 13-mile run that you've been building up towards and working towards and you're, you know, in the bubble of Disney was so interesting. And we'll talk a little bit more about how I'm feeling and how things have been going and what I've been learning. And I've mentioned this before, but I'm following the Jeff Galloway plan that's on the Run Disney website. So week 16, we have another week of four workouts. So we have two 45-minute runs. According to the plan, we have a seven-mile walk and then a 17-mile walk slash run. And I will say, I actually really love that they specifically put on the schedule walk or walk run. I personally feel that it has made me feel not as stressed. You know, if I have to walk, if I have to do maybe even more walk intervals than I normally would, I don't know how to describe it, but just having the word walk on there almost makes it feel like it's okay. It's okay to walk, take the time. And I know we've talked about this on other Run Disney episodes, but it's been so great to even just hear other people say it's all about time on your feet. It really has made it feel a little bit more flexible. I think that's probably a good way to put it. It's made it feel a little bit more flexible, which then makes it feel like I can make it work for me. It has really allowed me to make adjustments if I need to, split things up, put things together, move weeks around. I can make it work for how I feel, what my schedule looks like, and still feel like I'm really accomplishing everything that I need to. So how's it going is a question that I've gotten from a lot of people, you know, whether it's posting my Instagram story accountability posts for my runs or people that are just checking in saying like, hey, how's it going? How are you doing? How are you feeling? And I would say overall, I'm feeling surprisingly upbeat. If you've seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, if you know, you know, one of my favorite quotes of any rom-com movie and surprisingly upbeat is literally a perfect description of how I feel. Because in staring down a plan like a dopey training plan where you know you're going to be running 48.6 miles in four days, you're going to be training over 
28 or 29 weeks, it's daunting. And if you had told me at the start of this, so at the end of June, beginning of July, that I would feel physically this good, I would say, absolutely not. No way. (laughs) And it's true. I do feel surprisingly upbeat, surprisingly pretty good. This training has really allowed me to get even more in touch with my body before and after workouts, fuel, hydration, and really getting a good grip on how I actually feel. And not only just how I feel, but then how that translates into how I can perform in that next workout. Shout out to Ariel and Katie and Allison over at Fixed Studios. Absolute game changers. I know we've talked about them before as well, but I even went there today because I knew I needed a little bit of an extra push in my stretch in my runs over the weekend. The goal was to do 15 miles and I've been doing all my training runs in a three mile loop. So I'm in an area where I feel safe, where I feel comfortable. I can get back to my house to go to the bathroom, hydrate, refuel. I've been able to keep better track of how I feel and how any small adjustments I make impacts me. And I got to about mile eight, I would say, and I started to feel in my left glute a little bit of tightness, a little bit of soreness. It's almost like weird leg feeling, and I was trying to describe it (laughs) with Ariel earlier today. And I said, the only way I can describe it is that like from (laughs) below my knee to my ankle, it felt dead. It felt like lead. It felt so heavy. And I said, but I know from all the sessions that we've had so far that it's probably all attached, right? And so that's been so great to learn a little bit more about how different parts of your body, obviously they all attach, but (laughs) how they attach and how one piece might be sore or can be tight and can impact another part of your body and that can impact your run or your breathing or this or that. It has been great. So once I got to about eight miles, I was like, ooh, this doesn't really feel great. I was like, let me see if I can at least get to nine to kind of close this last three mile loop. And then I'll see how I feel from there. And what was actually exciting in that was obviously it's never great when you don't feel good. But I was able to say I could still keep going. I feel good enough. I know I can do it. I could push through these last six miles, but it's not smart for me to do that. And so being able to, again, really understand how you feel, what it feels like, what it shouldn't feel like when you can push through versus when you should push through. I just feel so much better prepared than I think I have been for any other race weekend that I have trained for. And I think that mental aspect is actually helping me to feel really good going into a vacation. I've got a big vacation coming up that I'm really excited about. Make sure you're following on Instagram and you'll see all of the beauty of the place that I'm going for vacation. So I think that has been a really exciting, empowering piece so far that's also been a little bit surprising, I guess. That wasn't really something that I had expected or anticipated. So yeah, feeling more educated, more confident has not only been good for my mental state going out on these runs, but it's also made me feel confident to test out some different things. So I've been testing out some different fuel to see what works, how I feel. I won't get too much into (laughs) TMI, but my stomach and I do not always get along or agree on things. So I've always been the type to fast before I run because you just never know what's going to happen with my stomach. And I've been really trying throughout this cycle to figure out how can I properly fuel without enraging my stomach. So that's been really important to figure out what actually helps to fuel me and doesn't give me anxiety around Is this going to bother my stomach? How long is this going to last for? Is it going to be a surprise? If you have stomach issues, you know what I'm talking about. That anxiety is almost sometimes worse than 
how your stomach can feel. Since I've started running, fruit snacks have been my go-to. They are my ride or die. And I think I will always have fruit snacks with me. And I'm talking straight up Disney princess, Toy Story, (laughs) kids fruit snacks. I've always loved them. I will always eat them. And especially for runs, they're fantastic. But lately, as I've gotten into those double-digit runs, I've been starting to fold in Uncrustables, which has been a big recommendation from so many people. If you don't know what an Uncrustable is, it's this little frozen peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which I love PB&J. So I was like, I can totally do this. And if it doesn't work out for runs, I'll just have them for snacks or for lunch. So what I did in terms of testing out fuel, because I've been asked this question a few times from people like, How do you test them out? What do you do? How do you know how you should test things out? And this is purely just what I have done. I am not a nutritionist. I am not a running coach, but I will always tell you the truth about what I'm doing and what has worked for me. So because of my sensitive stomach, what I did first was I ate half of an Uncrustable before my workout to see if I could really feel a difference in the fuel and just in general how I felt during the workout. Then when I started to get into these longer runs, Like I mentioned, I train in kind of a three-mile loop. So I would do, okay, first three miles, then I'll have a pack of fruit snacks. Next three miles, then I'll have half of an Uncrustable, see how it goes. Another three miles, then I'd have fruit snacks, and so on and so forth, and kind of like flipping in between the two. I also swap between regular water and then some kind of electrolyte-type water. So either water with liquid IV I love Body Armor, Gatorade or Powerade if I have those because a lot of races will have Gatorade or Powerade. So that's also important to test that out in your training runs. Make sure it works for you before you get to race day. So I would say so far, even fueling has been good. Figuring out hydration has been good. Another thing that kind of popped up in the double digit range that was a little bit weird too was I've gotten a couple blisters and don't worry, I am not going to go too deep into anything about blisters because I'm also all set listening to people talk about that. (laughs) But what's been interesting is it's been in a different spot than I've ever gotten a blister before. And they didn't start popping up until I got into the like 11, 13 mile range. I want to say it was like the 13 mile because I did 13 miles on a Friday, a 45 minute on a Saturday, and then I did a five mile run on a Sunday. Now I'm starting to look at, okay, what's the next thing that I have to try out? Foot care, right? Things that I haven't had to do before, whether it be body glide, people have suggested aquaphor, KT tape is actually also great. They also have blister protection strips. So something else to think about when you're getting into these longer runs is not only just your hydration and your fuel, but looking at the differences in how your body is either reacting to or being impacted by the longer distances. Other piece, and Amanda from Once Upon a Marathon and I have talked about this a lot too, is different types of socks. How much do your feet sweat? Do your feet swell a lot? How do your sneakers feel? How many miles are on your sneakers at this point in training? There is so much to think about in kind of like that whole testing bucket of training. So I would say the biggest thing that I have learned so far in these first 15 or so weeks has really been to listen to your body, but also know when it's important to push yourself because it's just that mental aspect of saying, I can do this. I got this. I'm going to make it versus knowing when your body is saying, hey, this hurts. We shouldn't push. We can't keep going. We can adjust. We can modify. And really the key there is experience and knowing 
whether it's a run, a yoga class, a bar class, a strength training class, any kind of workout you do, it's so important to know what you're doing, how your body's being impacted, and what you can do to either fix it, change it, adjust it, modify it, or continue to go. One of the things that I've also really appreciated, especially about the Run Disney community and a lot of the friends that I've made through Run Disney and Instagram is the amount of support that I've gotten from people. Even when I put out there during the day that I had to cut from 15 down to 9, I had so many people message me saying, thank you for sharing that you cut it short. Thank you for sharing that you're adjusting your plan. I feel better that I have to do that too. Or thank you for sharing that you're shuffling your weeks around. I was so afraid to do that. How do you feel? So also putting it out there, if you feel comfortable, really can help a lot of people as well. Did you know that family travel has the incredible power to shape our children's worldview and create lasting memories? In a world where representation is often lacking, it's essential for our children to see themselves reflected in every aspect of life, including the stories we tell about travel. Introducing the Travel of Legacy podcast, where we're rewriting the script by celebrating the diverse voices of black and brown family travelers. Each episode of Travel of Legacy is a testament to the enriching power and the joy of exploration in black and brown communities. So journey with us and subscribe now. I will always share with you what I can. This whole entire experience has really been a learning journey. And it's also been such an empowering one that I want other people to feel like if I can do it, you can do it. Whether that's your first 5K, your first mile, your first marathon, if I can do it, you can do it. If you have an exciting goal, share with me. I will cheer you on from wherever you are, wherever I am. It has been so great to see so many people training for so many different races and so many different goals. That has also really kept me motivated and excited and inspired as well. Another thing that I've been doing during this training cycle, which I cannot recommend enough, is I've been doing the Peloton classes on my runs. Now, I don't have a Peloton tread. I do the classes either outside. I'm sure once New England winter shows up, I will be doing them on a treadmill at the gym close to my house. But even if it's a quote-unquote tread class, you can still do those classes outside. What I have found is I ignore the specific cues that have to do with increasing by a certain number and just go based on how I feel because I already knew that I love the instructors. I knew that I really loved just the vibe of Peloton classes because I absolutely love my Peloton bike. But as someone who's training alone, it actually almost kind of feels like you're running with a coach. So I've been trying to rotate around, get you know the vibe of different instructors. I love to build a stack based on music. I'll do like 2000s pop and then a Disney run and then a Beyonce run or whatever kind of mix it might be. Setting up classes in a stack and mixing up the instructors has been so great. Like I said, it feels like you're running with a coach or if you feel like I do, I personally prefer to run alone just so I don't feel like I'm trying to catch up to someone or I'm holding somebody back. So it also almost kind of feels like you're running someone without actually having to like participate in running with someone. <laughs> you're almost kind of just listening and taking in all the information. And if you've taken any kind of Peloton class before, you know the motivation, inspiration, empowerment from these instructors is 
awesome. So if you have a Peloton membership, definitely don't limit yourself just to the quote unquote outdoor audio only classes. The tread classes are awesome. I promise if you like the instructors and the music, you will love the classes. And there's also a series called For Our Future Selves. And it's with Ashton Kutcher, kind of random, but he is running the New York Marathon for his charity, Thorn. So he's doing this series with Peloton where he brings in different celebrities and they run a class with him and a couple different Peloton instructors and they talk about their why, why they're doing something, what's motivating them. And that has also been really awesome series to listen to. So like I said, don't limit yourself just to the outdoor classes. Definitely try the tread ones as long as you can kind of put it out of your mind that you don't have to actually listen to like the numbers of the cues. Just listen to the motivation, listen to the stories, listen to the great music and have a great run. The last piece tech-wise I would say that I have learned and adjusted to in this training cycle is using an interval timer. I've been doing the run-walk method for a while now, and I always just kind of went by manually looking at my watch, going by kind of how I felt, going by distance. I wish I had done this sooner, so I tried out an interval timer, just an app on my phone, and it's just really simple. You set up what you want your run interval to be, what you want your walk interval to be, and it'll ding or chime, or you can set a different sound when it switches. That has also been hands down one of the best things that I have done differently in this training cycle. Putting together that actual structure, I'm really coming around to realize that structure, while I may not like the idea of structure, I actually do much better when I have structure. (laughs) It has been really, really great. So if you're either curious about, want to try interval running, any of that, highly recommend downloading an app on your phone. You can do it on your watch. I can put into the show notes the one that I've been using. It's just a really simple one for your iPhone. And that has made not only a difference in how I feel physically, from my breathing to my legs, all of it, I've seen such significant improvement in my pace. It is wild. So the Friday that I had done 13 miles, I cut off 33 minutes from my 2022 princess half marathon time, which is pretty crazy. So my overall time decreased. My average pace decreased a lot as well because I still, you know, was feeling a little tired by the end of those 13 miles. Overall, the amount of improvement that I have seen just from using an interval timer app, also 10 out of 10 recommend that. I'm also more than happy to talk about interval running. And actually, I'll drop the link to the Jeff Galloway running plans in the show notes as well. That's in, I think, one of the previous Run Disney episodes that I had done, maybe one of the dopey updates, but I'll drop it in this one too in case you want to take a look at it. Because not only does it give you the schedule and the breakdown of how much you should run and when, but it also shows you if you do the run-walk method, it'll show you what your pace can look like. For example, if you did a 30-30, so run for 30 seconds, walk for 30 seconds, you would be somewhere between a 12-minute mile and a 14-minute mile. If you did a 60-second run and a 30-second walk, you'd be somewhere between a 10-45 and a 12-15. If you did a 90-second run, 30-second walk, you're between a 9.5-minute mile and a 10-45. 
So that's pretty fast. And that's including these intentional walk breaks. That's definitely a misconception for people that are not familiar with the run-walk method. But again, this plan is designed by Jeff Galloway, who is a U.S. Olympian and is the official Run Disney training consultant. So he has all the info in this plan. So again, I'll make sure to drop that in the show notes in case you're interested to see kind of how the plan all works out. And I would say between now and Dopey, what I'm really excited for is actually in less than six weeks, we have wine and dine. So for that weekend, I'm doing the five, the 10, and the half. And I'm really excited for that because that will also kind of work nicely with the schedule for Dopey. It'll be almost kind of like a nice step into getting back because going from, you know, running through the streets of Medford, Massachusetts to (laughs) running through Disney World is very different. So it's actually going to be, I think, a nice almost stepping stone between now and Dopey. So That is what I'm excited for. And then really a couple other milestone weekends where I'm looking at the schedule saying, I can't believe I'm actually going to be running that many miles or feeling really excited about a different race in person. A couple weeks ago, we had the inaugural Run Medford race here in Medford, Mass., which was awesome. It was put on by Dave McGilvery, who is a race director of the Boston Marathon. He's actually from my hometown. So he came and put on a 5K slash 8K, which was a lot of fun. Shout out to Kate, who came down and did that race with me as well. I think that's what I'm looking forward to the most. More races to kind of get my feet wet. And then we'll have wine and dine. Then really, it's going to be like the holidays. And then <laughs> Dopey's going to be here. So We have just a few more weekends with these really long runs or simulation weekends. So I'm excited to see how they go. And if you are training for Dopey, I am sure you're all killing it. Send me a DM. Let me know how it's going. Thank you all so, so much for the support throughout this first half of training and in advance for the second half of training support as well. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. And knowing that I am running in honor of my late aunt Kathy, who passed from pancreatic cancer and I'm raising money for Granara Scary Trust to benefit pancreatic cancer research and patient care at Mass General Hospital. It just means so much to me and my family to know that we have your support in carrying on my aunt's legacy and trying to really make an impact on all of these patients, their families, and hopefully in the overall fight against pancreatic cancer. And I think that's it. That's kind of the scoop for how things have been going, what I've been trying out, what I really liked so far, what I'm excited for. We will be heading out for a family vacation. My cousin is getting married on the Amalfi Coast, which is going to be absolutely incredible. So I've definitely been doing some shuffling when it comes to the plan, but I'm excited to get some miles in over in Italy while we're there. And then once we come back, it's going to be really sneakers to the road until we get to wine and dine. So I'd also really love to hear, do you enjoy these dopey updates? Obviously, Dopey's not going to be around forever for me. I mean, I've been saying I'm one and done, and everyone's like, don't say that until you're done. But I feel like maybe I am. I'll say maybe. I feel like I probably am a one and done. But I would love to know if you like these kind of updates. There will probably honestly only be maybe two more between now and Dopey to just kind of tie it up. And then we'll do, obviously, a recap episode afterwards and let you know how it all goes. I've got some really fun things planned for post-Dopey, so I'll make sure to share that as well. But yeah, so let me know if you're enjoying these updates, if you're following along on Instagram, and if you're following along on your training as well. I'd love to hear how it's going. And if there's something specific you want to hear about in those last couple Dopey updates, send me a DM, let me know. 
and I'll make sure to cover it. So make sure you're following us on Instagram at Living the KG Life and that you've subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platform. We have new episodes out every Monday, so stick around. It's going to be great. <laughs>